It's time to sit down and relax for the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A with your host, Doug. Hey there, so if you could take a moment after listening to this amazing interview to review and rate us wherever you listen to this podcast, that'd be so awesome. So last week, we reviewed Roadhouse 2, the Roadhouse here sequel. And on Monday, I hope you had the chance to listen to our interview with former WWF champion, Psycho Sid. That guy was pretty badass. So, next week, we're going to be discussing the third installment in the misadventures of Daniel LaRusso, as I like to call it. Of course, I'm talking about Karate Kid Part 3. So that means that we had to interview someone involved in the film, behind or in front of the camera, and we got... The Cobra Kai badass, Mike Barnes, who was played by Sean Kanan. Sean talks about auditioning for the role, a low-budget horror film that he started his career off in, transitioning to daytime soaps, where he was a star and still is a star. And of course, he writes books too. A cookbook and an inspirational book he just put out that he co-wrote with Jill Lieberman, and it's called Success Factor X inspiration, wisdom, and advice from 50 of America's best. The link's in the notes. He, he does it all, and he has some amazing people that he got involved with that book. And I know you're going to love this interview. Enjoy. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. No, no, it's my pleasure. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to work this out with me yesterday. Oh, I'm don't sorry. worry about it, man. Don't do you don't, you don't have to it. Yeah, you're a busy guy, I'm sure, so don't worry about it. Well, I'm I'm all yours right now, so awesome, man. Let's, let's do it, man. All right. Cool. So, where does your story begin? Like, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, uh, about oh, nice. forty minutes out, outside Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so, you a Steeler fan? I I'm a Steeler fan. I mean, I'm not like a maniac or anything, okay. but I certainly like them. I mean, it's definitely football country, that's for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah, I've been out uh, there. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. It's green. Um, I'm actually going back to Pennsylvania uh, Friday, actually, oh, Friday sweet. night. I, I, yeah, I'm going to be in D.C. and then I go to Pennsylvania to go do, uh, I have four book signings at Barnes and Nobles in the Pittsburgh area for my book. So that's oh, going to awesome. be cool. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, a junior in high school, I went away to boarding school, which was also in Pennsylvania. So I did two years public school, two years private school, and then I started studying political science at Boston University and then decided if I was going to pursue my acting career, I, I needed to be in Los Angeles or New York and figured it was better to be poor but warm. So uh, yeah. I moved out to Los Angeles. <laughs> what yeah. what and, got uh, you to acting? Like when, when did you like have an interest in that? You know, about the time I was 13 – like I think a lot of people, I, I knew I wanted to do something and express myself. And I, I, I kind of didn't know what it, what it was. I was, I was really interested in stand-up comedy. Um, I, you know, I hadn't really done a whole lot of acting. I'd done a couple plays here and there. I wasn't like a theater kid or anything like that. Although I did do a couple plays in school now that I think about it. Um, and as I got a little older, um, like around 15 and a half, 16, um, I went to an open call for a modeling agency in Pittsburgh and they, they actually went, I actually went accompanying a friend of mine, but they, they chose me, which was, you know, kind of an interesting, weird story in itself. 
Yeah. Um, and, 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 and in the course of doing, and this is like catalog modeling, this isn't like high fashion modeling in Milan, you know what I mean? This is <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Chase, JC Penny and stuff like that. But I mean, it was, but I mean, Im- imagine like, you know, I also worked at McDonald's when I was a kid, so it was a hell of a lot better getting paid, you know, a hundred bucks an hour to do this than, you know, minimum wage. Oh, um, and eventually, eventually I got offered a, a commercial. And the commercial allowed me to enter the Screen Actors Guild. And I didn't really know how important that was at the time. But, um, you know, when I came out to Los Angeles to pursue acting and I was going to school at UCLA, I I wound up getting my political science degree from UCLA. Um, I already had my SAG card, which was a huge advantage because now you can get into the Screen Actors Guild by doing hours and hours of extra work. But when I got in the Screen Actors Guild, you couldn't do that. You, you literally had to have somebody that was a Screen Actors Guild signatory be willing to pay like extra money to bring you in to, to make you eligible for the union. So, I mean, it was really difficult to get into the union. And I had accomplished it way back when, uh, you know, like five or six years before. And it was just an enormous advantage. Um, and then I, you know, I came out to Los Angeles and started knocking on doors and, uh, you know, I got, got little TV parts here and there and then eventually got Karate Kid 3 through an open call and then things really started to pick up after that. Sweet. Yeah, so that first TV series, that was uh, Werewolf, right? <laughs> yeah, that was Werewolf, yeah. That's awesome. What was that like? Well, it, you know, what's funny about that was the star of that show was John J. York, who I would later become friendly with and who played Max Scorpio on Gen. So, uh, you know, small world, I wound up working on General Hospital for probably like seven years. And uh, uh, John, who I would later do scenes with and everything, was the guy who I did my very first television gig with. Oh, um, wow. it, was really fun. Oh, it was really fun because um, the character I played was kind of patterned after Keanu Reeves in The Lost Boys. And, and so it was just kind of like really fun playing like a really naughty baddie, you know? Yeah. Playing like a, a yeah. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you're dealing with a werewolf. I mean, it's like we're in a haunted house. I mean, what's not to love? And and again, crazy thing. Um, the guy that was the other co-star in that episode turned out to be like best friends with Billy Zabka. So Billy <laughs> came to the, and of course I was like, oh my god, it's Johnny Lawrence. Got to know Billy a little bit, and of course, you know, years later, Billy and I are you know proud members of the Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> So then just before uh, you do that, I, I, I can't wait to hear about the open casting call for Credit Kid 3, but so you're in a little horror movie, Hide and Go Street. Oh my God. Jeez, you got to bring that up, huh? <laughs> that was a lot of those campy horror movies that came out. And there's a oh million of those God. in the 80s. Boy, that was, it was just like all the time. That was something else. Yeah? What was that experience like, like your first movie? Um, you know, my, my manager begged me not to do it. Oh, he said, wow. John, this is... He's like, this is a colossal piece of shit. And um, it was. Um, I, I actually, uh, you know, it was funny. The, the, one of the producers who, I won't mention his name, but he decided he didn't want to pay the actors overtime and, and treat us fairly. And I said, look, I'm going to go to SAG. And years later, after I had uh, written a film called Chasing Holden and uh, it was being produced by Lionsgate, I'm walking in the the hills and i saw this guy and you know i saw him in the low and he's like well how you doing and, uh, 
you know, I got a, I got a film, The Lions Gates, putting out there that I wrote and produced. Um, guess I guess I worked again in Hollywood, and uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's why that was interesting for me that that film because I I got the cliche "You'll never work again in Hollywood" kid speech. So um, and, you know, it was like the first really the first thing I ever did, and you know, as bad as it was, it was still a professional acting job where I was being you know paid to act. So. Uh, in that respect, it was, it was interesting. Um, it was also kind of cool because, you know, there were a bunch of us, we were all about the same age and it literally was like playing hide and go seek in this big, scary warehouse. And, and as we were filming it in this big warehouse, um, it was kind of scary because there'd be times that you get called and have to go up to one of the floors to go film something. And you're sort of taking the elevator up by yourself. And there's all these crazy looking mannequins that dispersed throughout the multi-level furniture warehouse because they played in and it was a little creepy you know what i mean yeah i bet (laughs) but you know you said you said it best you're all around the same age sure a lot of these people is their first like movie maybe some people were but uh that must have been a lot of fun that experience like doing something like that It, it was actually i mean you know it was uh yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's amazing to me that sometimes, you know, every now and then someone will come up to me and they'll have like a copy of the DVD wow. and ask me to sign it or something. And I'm like, how did you even find this thing? <laughs> and it's it's out there. So, <laughs> hey, you're you know. you're still working. I bet you a few of those people. Uh, look, which, which, looks like which, is, which is amazing. Which is which is amazing after my performance in that movie. So, uh, <laughs> uh, that's so great. Have you ever watched that in like the last few years at all? Oh my God, I haven't. You know, I, I, it actually probably would be really funny to do that. I don't even know. I, I guess I guess I could find it on on the internet. Yeah, I'm sure really it's, look, not, but... it's got to be somewhere. Whoever produced that is probably yeah. Wherever it yeah. Can. That'd be a fun night. I think it'd be funny to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday the thirteenth. This Friday. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it is. Who knows? Maybe if I do. Uh, but I'm sure at some point I'll watch it again. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Especially full circle, you know, almost 30 years right. ago and you've done so much since then. So so right. uh, let's dive into uh, Karate Kid Part 3. So I read a little bit online. I'm sure your story is a lot better than that. But there was like a big casting call for your part as Mike Barnes. Yes. Yeah, I went out to the entire, you know, New York, Los Angeles. And... Um, What's interesting is I've been studying karate since I was 13. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. My teacher's teacher was a gentleman, Shihan, which means Master Fumio Demura. And Sensei Demura was Pat Morita's stunt double. And so he knew I wanted to be an actor. And he said, look, Sean, they're going to they're gonna do this open call for this bad guy. You should definitely, you know, figure out how to, how to do that. And so I showed up and... Um, you know, it was unbelievable. I mean, there were people wrapped all the way around the studio, you know, five deep. Um, and, uh, you know, there I was. Um, I, had, I had shown up at the casting director's office uh, the day before. Her name was Caro Jones. And I said, look, you know, I've, I've got my SAG card. I'm, I'm a real actor. And uh, I, it was like, can I audition? And she's like, no, you got to go, you know, you got to go wait in this open call. And, you know, I, I think in retrospect, this open call really was a publicity stunt. I mean, the chances of finding a lead actor in a studio film in, you know, the, the second sequel in a successful franchise, you know, you, you got to be nuts 
thinking you're going to find some guy that is going to be able to carry this role because if, if that character doesn't work, the film doesn't work. Um, long story short, John Abelson walked, John Abelson, who'd won the Academy Award for Rocky, directed the other uh, Karate Kid films, walked up and down the line and he stopped when he saw me and we did a quick improv and he brought me into the studio and there was Ralph Macchio uh, on a, on a uh, set and they put me in there with them and said, intimidate them. And I, I guess I did. And uh, <laughs> it was just surreal. I mean, it, it was surreal because I had been a paying customer in the theater watching Karate Kid 2. And now here I am screen testing with Ralph Macchio. And uh, I did not get the role. They hired someone else first. Oh, whoa. Okay. Crushed because I really, I, I knew I did a good job. I, I, I knew I was, you know, one of, you know, 10 guys there that they were seriously looking at and a uh, pretty good chance of getting it. When they hired somebody else, I was really, really devastated on low. And a couple days later, they fired the guy and they called me back. And, you know, I, I call and I, I love the whiskey, whiskey go-go on Sunset. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget, like, it was the most amazing feeling driving down Sunset Boulevard, making my way to the studio in Burbank and knowing that like, they're not calling me back to tell me, you know, you didn't get the job. Like I was like, there's something going on. Maybe there's another role. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, something good is coming out of this. And I mean, it was just an unbelievable sense of, uh, you know, positive heightened anticipation. And, um, you know, I got there, there was Robert Mark Kamen who wrote the karate kid films. He's written taken. He's written, I mean, he's Robert Mark Kamen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, they had me do a couple of, uh, you know, they put me through the paces to, to, to see me do some martial arts. And um, they went in a room and talked for about 30 seconds. And the next thing I knew, uh, this is how much you're making. And, you know, set me off to wardrobe. I mean, it was like, it happened so unbelievably quickly. I mean, I was like on the set the next day working. <laughs> It was happened so fast. It's just probably a good thing because you didn't have a time time to think about it because you're working the next right? day. Because maybe if it was like, hey, we're going to shoot in two weeks, that you have two weeks of like thinking, like maybe overthinking. But it was great the way it happened in a way. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was. Look, it was one of the most exciting things that's ever happened to me in my life. It turned out to be one of the most defining things in my life. I mean, uh, really really spectacular. I've talked to a bunch of different actors and most of the time their first roles, like I talked to William Sadler, one of his earliest roles, he was like on the background on the new heart show. I think his character <laughs> was like man who fell downstairs, but right. No, I, away, I did that too. I mean, I mean, believe me, I did my, I did, I did some extra work before <laughs> oh, okay. I, you know, before I started to get, you know, principal roles. So I get it. And it's really, it's so hard because you know, you want to get in the game and you're, you know, the chances of you getting in the game as an extra are really, really infinitesimally small. So yeah. you're watching people doing what you want to do. And it's really, it's, 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 it's not even bittersweet. It's, it's bitter because you're like, you're there, but you're like, come on, give me a shot. And you really, really very few people get a chance that way. I mean, there's some stories I've heard where people have, have, have sort of gotten discovered doing some extra work, but rarely. Oh yeah. Or like Pamela Anderson, like <laughs> she's at like a 
I think she was at a hockey game or like a CFL game. So no, a chance like you said. Yeah. Stop. She sticks out a little more, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, that is true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What are some memories that you have from set, like filming it? Well, I mean, you know, there's, I don't know if you're familiar with this. And <laughs> I told this story so many but I was just thinking about it while we were talking. I was like, oh, God, I got to tell this story again about when I almost died filming. Whoa. But in retrospect, you know, that story is such a seminal part of my life. Um, we had been filming for about two weeks. We broke for Christmas and I was going to go to Las Vegas and uh, with my then girlfriend. And I was having a lot of pain in my left thigh, which I attributed to all the karate I was doing. So I started just taking tons of aspirin. But what had really happened was... I had perforated my omentum, which is a, you know, it's a sheath of tissue, I guess, that wraps around your intestine. And long story short, I was bleeding to death. Oh my and God. The, aspirin, the, the aspirin was exacerbating the bleeding. So we were in Vegas a couple, about a day after we had driven out there. And, and the thought that we had driven through the desert, had this happened hours later, I probably would have died. Um, anyway, I passed out at the Dunes Hotel. And the EMTs said it was Christmas Day in 1990. And the EMTs were like, oh, my God, he's lost so much blood. He's dying. They took me to Humana Sunrise Hospital. And they said, we have to operate. And I was like, what, you mean like in like Monday? And they said, no, like in 15 minutes. And they said, we don't know if we can save your life. We're going to try. I mean, it was really dramatic. I'm not, I'm not making it overly dramatic. It was dramatic. They, my, my then girlfriend called my parents in Pennsylvania. They could only get one ticket available. So my dad flew out. You know, uh, they were about to put me under and, you know, I, I come from a family of doctors. So I said, listen, whatever you do, don't, if you can do it, don't cut my abdominal muscles. I said, resect them because I knew if they cut my abdominal muscles, I was out of the film. I knew if they resected them, I had a chance. Oh, okay. So again, again, long story short, they resected them. Uh, you know, I was called by the studio, no flowers, no get better. Be back at the, you know, be back on set in 10 days or you lose the part. Um, I had myself discharged against medical orders from the hospital and they said, okay, you're going to, we're going to have a stuntman do all your karate. We'll use you for the close-ups," which was a horrendous idea because, you know, I, I, I was better. And, uh, again, you know, long story short, I wound up doing all my own stunts in the film with the exception of one stunt. that's a non-martial arts stunt where I'm in a car and we drive across the train tracks and a train comes speeding by. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> what, so how much of the movie was filmed before this happened was there a lot of it done already there was only a couple of weeks i mean they had oh, just wow. enough of, just enough of me on film that they were willing to roll the dice but um you know i i went back to work and had staples all up and down my stomach i mean it was i mean there's no way that i should have been working but i i was not going to lose this role yeah wow that's so intense <laughs> yep that's like yes, something out of like, like a storyline from like, oh man, like getting out of the hospital against, it's good that you come from a family of doctors that you knew that because anyone else, yeah. they might've just did that other, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was indeed crazy. <laughs> Is there anyone, so when the movie's all done and you see it on screen, you have the premiere, like how surreal was that? Like, cause I don't know if you had a premiere for like, I can go shriek. Yeah, no, I didn't. But but my they had a they had a premiere in my hometown, and oh, sweet. you know my, oh, my my karate teacher was there and was just beaming. He had come out to set in California, 
you know, he came to see me at the Mr. Miyagi's house set. I mean, it was a big, it was a big deal. And, you know, it was kind of hometown hero stuff and really felt good and had all my friends there. And I mean, of course, seeing yourself up in the big screen, which I hadn't done that many times. Um, uh, you know, I, I think this was my, I think this was like my second or third film. I think it was my second. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and to see, this is, now keep in mind, this isn't hiding the shriek. This is a, you know, multi-million dollar know. professional film shot properly with helicopter shots and, you know, you know, you know, known actors. I mean, and so you look a lot better is my point. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, I mean, that's pretty damn cool. And, you know, having seen the first two films with the, you know, with the Cobra Kai guys and there suddenly I am when the Cobra Kai, you know, outfit and everything. I was like, this is really kind of cool. I was, I was really, you know, it was, it was a special moment. You know what, especially now that I know that you have a karate background, it's got to yeah. be even more special. Like say if you were in a movie, like a football movie, obviously if you're in a movie with big actors, it's right. Deal. Right. This is something that you like, tri- you know, not a lot of people would say they train for some of their whole lives, but in a way you did. Yep. Yeah, I did. And, 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 and I was studying Japanese karate, you know, I wasn't studying Taekwondo. I wasn't studying, you know, uh, judo. And, you know, my teacher's teacher was Mr. Miyagi's stunt double. I mean, he, he really is. They even made a, they even made uh, a documentary about Sensei Demer called The Real Miyagi. Oh, sweet. Uh, he, you know, he really is Mr. Miyagi. So it was just, uh, you know, it, it, it was a bigger than life, bigger than me sort of thing. And you seem like a real tough guy. So I don't know in the screen test, obviously, <laughs> obviously you must have scared uh, him enough for you to be next on the list when they fired the other guy. But he I plays guess. such a good, uh, like, wimpy kind of guy. Well, I mean, you know, you, you know listen, I mean, I would have been in high school if I had a bunch of crazed maniacs like the Cobra Kai guy. Oh, I know. <laughs> had, had, a, had a whole school of black belts wanted to kick my ass every day. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't fault Ralph, but I, you know, he did a terrific job in those. Oh, films. No, I mean, that's, a piece, that's, a, that's a piece of cinematic history. It really is. Oh yeah. No. And especially in the third one, you have like adults trying to beat him up too. Like the, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. there's kids, now there's adults. I know you have Martin Cove's uh, like war buddy come in there trying to, kick his right. ass in the backyard right after you were trying to. And you know, one of my favorite yeah. parts of the whole movie is that final fight scene. Just like yeah. the first movie, you know, you have him down. In the first movie, it's more of that, not uh, Zapka, but the other buddy, like the shorter guy that keeps saying, put him in a body bag. Your guy. Oh, that we, yeah. Dude, yours is yeah. even better because you keep telling him his karate shit, his teacher's right. shit. <laughs> No, that was me. That was me who said that. that no, was, that's what I mean. No, that's what I mean. So you were yeah. doing that. I'm yeah. sure it was in a studio because I'm sure it didn't pick it up that good. Like, yeah, that, that, no, that was oh, yeah, that was, that was all improv. They just said go nuts on him, and so I just <laughs> that's what came out. That's so great. And you know, I don't, I don't know if until that moment they were really a thousand percent convinced that I was going to pull it off. And at that moment, the producers were just ecstatic. They were like, "You did it! You really did it!" Like I told you, I'd do it. Yeah. Now, that was just so intense in the eyes, the way you turned it on. You know, you kind of look like, and I looked at your IMDb, and you yeah. were on the show later, but like in that, in that movie with your haircut, you look like. Are you going to say Sasha Mitchell? Is that the guy from Step by Step? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you got, you got that. Okay. 
No, because you look just like him in that part. Oh, yeah, he he and I he and I used to get mixed up all the time. The only thing is, he's a lot bigger than I am. He's like six three. He's oh, a big okay. dude, six two. But he's uh, yeah. He and I are actually friendly. Oh, uh, I've known that. Sash for a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. He's the guy from Kickboxer. Oh yeah, yeah. So then, so then down the road, you're in a bunch of other shows over the years. Outsiders, the TV show. It's pretty cool. You're on a couple of Perry Mason. Yeah, I, I actually uh, did the very last Perry Mason Raymond Burr did, which was you know a big honor to work with him. Yeah. And then you're on Walker Texas Ranger with Chuck Norris. Yeah. Which must have been pretty cool, especially with your karate background. And that was amazing. Uh, you know, I you know I. I'll never forget my dad one time when I was a kid got me a signed autograph from Chuck Norris, a photo that said, Sean, keep on kicking. And when I, when I, when I wound up getting off the plane in Texas and going to the set and Chuck came up and gave me the biggest smile and put his, you know, gave me like a really just a friendly handshake and said, wow, Sean, it's so great to have you here. I was like, are you kidding me? I said, are you kidding me? And I'm doing a fight scene with Chuck Norris. I said, come on. I mean, that, that was, you know, that was forget. I interviewed one of Chuck Norris's buddies from years before that. Uh, this guy, Richard Norton, they were good buddies. And uh, yeah. he convinced Richard to, to come over to the States and do some fighting in some of the movies. And he was in a few of those, but he said, Chuck Norris, like the nicest guy ever. Nicest guy ever, man. He's just so cool. So, yeah. So at this point on your IMDb, it's like 98. And then, then you transitioned. How did it start that you were in soap operas? Well, actually, actually, it wasn't '98. It was '92 when I started oh, 90, doing General Hospital. Oh, really? Okay. You know, it, it was weird. I mean, to be really honest, you know, I got Karate Kid, and I mean that role involved, you know, it was a lot of force of personality and charisma, but not a lot of you know tremendous acting ability in retrospect. And you know, I auditioned, and I wasn't getting. I mean, I was getting jobs, but I mean, I, I needed to do some more work on my acting. I really needed to mature as an actor. And uh, so I decided I was going to do a play. And so I did a play, uh, which was kind of a critical success in Los Angeles called um, Irish Toffee, where I played a, a, you know, a, a real low rent English anarchist type guy. And I got some good notice from it. And uh and uh, Steve Burton, who has been a friend of mine for a very long time, was playing Jason Quartermain on uh, General Hospital. And he said, look, they're, they're, they're getting rid of the guy that's playing A.J. Quartermain right now, and they need a new one. And you and I look so much alike. I'm gonna see, Steve really worked hard to kind of set up a screen test for me. And uh, I was the only guy screen testing. And I was like, wow, oh, if wow. I don't get this, I really, I really suck. And so <laughs> I, I got it. And, uh, you know, once you do a soap opera, because they've got you know, a built-in audience that's been an audience for so many years, you get known. It really, I mean, you know, Karate Kid certainly put me on the map because there were all the Karate Kid fans. Now I had the benefit of being, you know, after a little while, really well known with all of the soap opera fans. So I had like kind of these, these two different groups of um, people that were, you know, that knew who I was as an actor. And, and that gave me a little more, I guess, cachet walking into the door of auditions and, you know, things started to happen a little more quickly. Yeah, you're in a lot of episodes of those shows. And they always have, people in soap operas always have pretty cool names. And you definitely had some cool, like Deacon Sharp. Deacon Sharp. AJ Quartermain is a pretty AJ, cool name. AJ Quartermain, and then I was Jude, Special Agent Jude Cavanaugh on Sunset Beach. 
Yeah, I inter- I don't know if you ever, I'm sure you might have had some scenes with her, but I interviewed uh, Leslie Ann Down's husband over the weekend. Leslie Ann Down was my love interest on General Hospital. Oh, that's so I know awesome. her and Don. No, I adore Leslie. Love oh, that's her. so cool. Yeah, I talked to Don on Sunday, and he was such a cool guy. I love both those guys. They're great. Oh, that's so cool. Look at that small world. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, so... Uh, so- how is it really demanding? Because you got to think how many episodes come out in one year for a soap opera. Is it like a day in day out process? Uh, well, they film five days a week. Uh, generally, you do a show and the, the show does a show and a half a day. Uh, you know, if you're real busy, you'll work three shows, four shows a week. I mean, if you're in a really hot storyline, you might work five to seven. But um, you know, it, it's hard and it's intense. But it's also a little more of like a, a little more of a nine to, I don't say nine to five, but more like sometimes like a nine to seven type job. But you're not on location. You're not filming weekends. You've got a month off in the summer, a month off during Christmas. I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very hard and very intense when you're working, but then you get, you know, time off. We never worked on Mondays. We always had Monday off. So all things considered, it was a fantastic job. That's awesome. So you mentioned it before when you ran into that guy from uh, the, the guy to be named later, uh, the hide and go shriek. So when did you get into writing? You know, writing is something I've always really liked doing. You know, I had been working on this idea for a screenplay for quite a while and, uh, you know, eventually put the financing together for it. And uh, we made this film called Chasing Holden, which is about this kid that runs away from boarding school to go find J.D. Salinger. And, um, uh, you know, to this day I write, I mean, I, you know, I got my second book out now and, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm in a film or something like that, you know, I'm, I'm rewriting scenes and working on them. So it's just something that, you know, uh, that it's something I, I enjoy doing, but it's something that's become a valuable tool and sometimes necessity, uh, in some of the projects I've worked on. And what's the book that you have coming out right now? Yeah, it's out right now. It's called Success Factor X. Oh, cool. Yeah, my, my running partner, Jill Lieberman, and I put this book together, and we went out to 50 people in all different, and we said, what's your best advice about success, or what does success mean to you? And we've got an amazing array of people, ranging from Mark Cuban and Anthony Robbins to Daryl McDaniels, the founding member of Run DMC, and oh, sweet. baseball players, football players. Yeah, so it's a, it's a beautiful coffee table book. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can get it in certain Barnes and Nobles and, uh, uh, it's a, it's an inspirational success-based book. I like it. Oh, I'll put the link into the episode notes, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. No, no problem. Jason Alexander, Don King. Ah. How was it like talking to Don King? Uh, well, you know, here's the interesting thing. This entire book was done through email correspondence. I didn't actually oh, interview cool. anybody. Oh. Yeah. So the whole thing was put together, emails and uh, it got pulled together somehow, uh, but no, I didn't actually interview any of these people. That's cool that they responded and wanted to be involved. That's those some big yep. names. Yeah, indeed. And then one last thing that you mentioned earlier. So you're talking about your love for stand up when you were growing up. So I yeah. know you're doing. Are you still doing stand up right now? You no, know, I do stand up from time to time um, when my schedule allows. Uh, I don't have any gigs scheduled right now, but I'm sure I'll do some more. Um, sometime over the next year. I mean, I, I just finished back-to-back films and I'm about to uh, start a uh, project at the end of this month. So it really is a function of my, my schedule. 
So, um, you know, when I have time, I like to get, uh, do it. It's, it's just great, you know, interacting with a live audience, having that instant reciprocity, uh, you know, but it's, it's not something I always have the time to do. Yeah. What, what are some people, if somebody went to go see you or who would you say that you are inspired by? Who am I inspired by? Yeah. Like what kind of like stand up do you do? Like, is there any comedian that you not channel? Cause you're not going to do the same thing as someone else, but you know, I, I like to think I'm, I'm really singular. I'm, I'm, I'm myself. Um, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of material about, uh, you know, what it's like being, a you know, a, a father and a blended family of five kids and, oh, cool. you know, a lot of material about being in a soap opera and karate kid and that sort of stuff. And oh, sweet. very specific to my life. So no one else can do it. It keeps me from getting my material stolen. That is good. Nobody's going to go on stage and say, yeah. So then I was scared right. of Ralph Macho on set and then exactly. oh, dude, that's stolen. Carlos Mencia, you can't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the movies that you have coming out? So I just finished a film with Steven Seagal and uh, DMX called Beyond the Law. And I have, a, I have a supporting role in that. I don't have a huge role in that, but uh, I do have one very funny scene in it. Uh, and uh, then I just finished a sci-fi film called Colonials, which is really cool. It's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a buckaroo bonsai Star Wars, obviously not the budget, but it's a, you know, it's a sci-fi intergalactic space story. And I've got a really cool part in that. Uh, so just finished those two. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to go promote the book and then I got a TV project I'm starting soon. And then I don't know what I'm doing. Well, that's good that you have a lot going on. How is it working with Seagal? Did you have scenes with him? You know, I actually didn't have scenes with him. He, they, the production flew to, I think, Bucharest in Hungary. Bucharest? No, not Bucharest. Wait, wait, it was in, it was in Romania. That's where they went. Uh, I forget where it was. Anyway, they, they, they had to fly to Romania to shoot him. So I did not have any scenes with him. And I didn't have any scenes with DMX either. Uh, my scenes were with uh, the other lead, whose name is Johnny Messner. Okay. Have you talked to Don at all? Because Don had some experiences with working with Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've spoken to Don about it. Okay. <laughs> he had some really funny stories about him that were pretty mind-blowing. Like when they, they were in Japan one time, and Seagal got out of the car, and he said within minutes, it seemed like minutes, like 5,000 Japanese people were around him taking photos. I mean, he's a major, major international star, you know? I, know. I mean. He still makes a lot of movies, and, and he's known worldwide. Yeah, no, he had five huge monster movies in the States, and then no matter what he makes now, it just is yeah. huge wherever. I think, doing, I think they either did or are doing Above the Law too. I did see that, yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see that. No, I'll definitely want to check that out. No, I love Steven Seagal. I talked to, I mentioned before, I talked to William Sadler, who worked with him. I talked to Don, who worked with him. And then I also talked to Michael Grace, who wrote, uh, he worked one of the movies with, he wrote one of the movies, but uh, yeah, no, they all had pretty uh, interesting stories about him. But yeah, the guys loved no matter what, where he's working. Yeah. Interesting guy. Yeah. Well, this has been great. I'm so happy that. Hey, man, this is uh, my, my pleasure. Listen, it was a real pleasure talking to you, Doug. Thank you awesome, so much man. for thinking of me. Oh, no problem. Dude, you're awesome. I've, I watched this movie a bunch <laughs> growing up. And it's so cool. It's like I have like things that I watch you in. 
my mom has things that she watches you know, the soap <laughs> operas. So no, it was really funny. cool to be able to chat with you. Well, buddy, I hope we get the chance to meet each other uh, in person sometime. Totally, man. If you're ever in Jersey or the tri-state area, I'll definitely I'm sure you're here for something maybe sometime, but if I'm ever out there, right. I'll reach out to you. Okay, brother, you take care of yourself. Thanks again. So there you have it. Sean was so awesome for taking the time. Follow him on Instagram at Sean.Kanan. That's S-E-A-N dot K-A-N-A-N. I'll put the link to it in the notes as well. He's very inspirational and super humble. Thanks again, Sean. So now your job is to go watch or rewatch Karate Kid Part 3. Then listen to us discuss it next week. It's got a lot of people trying to kick Ralph Macchio's ass in this one even an adult. So you got to subscribe so you don't miss out. Review, rate, tell your friends about us. Oh yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and suggest some movie sequels for us to do. And that's all at sequels only. Good night.